If I hear one more saccharine, overly sentimental, piano cold opening leading into some long pontificating commercial, I think I might just build my own guillotine. Welcome to Slam Your Ex Poetry. A great big hello and welcome to the only audience that has ever mattered to me, a captive one. All you poor bastards stuck in your houses, just like me, and hopefully everyone else. Anyway, we've all been growing steadily more insane as time went on, and uh, that has made it a lot harder to be creative. I don't know why I picked that voice for that, but I mean, it has, it's been harder to be creative. I personally pull a lot of my inspiration from other people and what they say that pisses me off and then I write poetry about it later. But other people have more positive inspirations. And in general, I feel like a lot of people have been sort of finding themselves stagnating and blaming themselves because there's this rhetoric going around that like, oh, you have so much time at home, you should be productive. Ha 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 Totally ignore the overwhelming existential dread and the fact that your country is falling down around you. You should make some crafts, learn how to bake bread because that's what we really need right now in an international pandemic. We need to revert back to being housewives. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. And to really support me in being fine is someone who has uh, admittedly been on the more productive end of things. How are you, Manic Pixie Dream Boy? Hello, it's Nico, if you couldn't already tell. I'm the Manic Quarantine Boy now. It's fine. Fair. It's so bad. <laughs> it's pretty It's pretty gaudy. Uh, but yeah, I've been doing pretty okay as far as like creative stuff goes. Um, I tend to vibrate at a higher frequency than most. Uh, which is usually good when I have, like, you know, the two jobs and other creative endeavors to, like, fit in. Now I'm having this, like, weird issue where I have, like, all of this time and I spend it doing anything besides actually really creating. Mm. I feel like we we're guilting ourselves so hard on that and, and we really shouldn't be. You know, I just, like, what the fuck am I supposed to make art about right now? Nobody, nobody needs art that is inspired by me being locked in my house. They're all locked in their houses, you know? I don't feel like that's what's even needed right now. I feel like what's best for me right now and what's needed by the universe is to maybe, you know, chill out and shut up for a bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> chill out and shut up for a bit. Oh, man. Isn't that amazing that I'm saying that? It is, it is. I think that's super fair. That is definitely um, a bit of rhetoric that, needs to be out a little bit more. It's like, hey, it's okay to just chill the fuck out. So I guess that's the- And shut the fuck up. And shut the fuck up, man. Nico, if I may, because, um, I mean, in the interest of honesty, there have been times when, quite frankly, you intimidated me with your achievements during quarantine. I mean, forgive me. Is it a coping mechanism? Is that just like your whole thing is like, you just need to feel like things are accomplished? For me, starting projects is so daunting that I don't. I definitely believe it is a coping mechanism. I try to busy my mind so I don't have to think about everything else that's kind of going on. And if I busy my mind with a lot of disparate actions, it's a little bit easier to kind of distract it because I'm kind of bouncing off of a lot of things. Uh, yeah. I think it's a, it, of all the coping mechanisms that I have, it's one of the better ones. One of them. Yeah. At the same point, um, you should make room for, for silence, you know? Sorry, I watched a... a 
meditation thing where they were talking about the concept of silence and it's about imagining your brain as an apartment and when when you don't take time to space your thoughts out and to like let your brain be still it's like you're living in a tiny new york apartment with a mattress on the floor and then when you start to meditate more or like you just find ways to find silence and spread your brain out and let your thoughts like trickle through and like some form of mindfulness it's like buying a bigger house you know, you have more space mm. for yourself and more space for others. And um, I've been trying to hold on to that whenever I um, find myself stuck in that weird whirlwind of like, I have to create. I have nothing to create. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so how's poetry writing been? Hard? <laughs> poetry writing's definitely been a little bit harder, mainly because I have two main places where I'm going. Either mm. they are like uber lubby-dubby poems or they are I'm trapped inside and I feel like a tiger in a cage so it can it's been a little bit hard kind of going in uh but i've been doing some new restructuring on like how i'm going to try and organize my messy little turbulent brain goals for myself oh disgusting <laughs> it's you know it's it sounds disgusting and it is i don't really have a lot going on right now so i think there's something that actually has really helped with the way that we have been writing for this these episodes, actually. As you guys can probably assume, Addie and I do most of the writing. We do still have submissions, but we do the the, the, the lion's share of it. I don't know what's my big cat metaphor thing today. So... <laughs> All right, Carol. <laughs> um... No, but we started implementing uh, hard and soft goals. So for every episode, we have a certain amount of poems that Addie and I each write for our hard goals. And then we have sort of soft goals of like maybe extending a little bit further. Like we have a smaller, absolutely attainable thing. And then something that's a little bit more like aspirational. And I think that distinction yeah. is really helpful because like, okay, I know I can do this amount of work. And then usually I find after I do the smaller goal, I'm more encouraged to go and do more things. And it's it's not about like quantity of poems, because there have been weeks where I wrote like one Sestina and I was like, that's pretty much my quota. That's like <laughs> 10 minutes of poetry. Um, <laughs> like a grounded, realistic way to be like, this is what we have to do to keep it running. It keeps us accountable. Absolutely. Something else that I've been personally doing, uh, and I definitely encourage for a lot of my uh, more free verse folk. The majority of our poems are free verse and a lot of modern poetry, you see that when we think about that as poems. Uh, I know I personally do. So I've been doing a good share of like just trying to change up form, like just playing with what happens if I decide to do this rhyme structure, a ABCB, a BBCB. If uh, for those that might be listening and thinking, well, this could be kind of cool to sort of change up, go listen to the bonus episode that Addie did on styles and structure. She introduced a lot of fun variations, including the Sestina that uh, Addie mentioned. I've been doing a lot of Tonka work. I am the Tonka numbered person. Um, and it's been <laughs> the I'm Tonka sorry, number. Laugh at you. Tonka number, man. I am the Tonka. Cuckoo, cachoo. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, before I got ADD and ruined your point, um, what you were saying about structure, uh, I totally agree with. Um, I don't usually like a poem that was written without a form as much as a poem written with some kind of form, which is not to say like a rhyming poem or anything like that, but like I just think that having that little bit of rule to follow means that the the meaning 
is more intense and the word choice has more going into it and like mm. having everything work out. It's just, it's more of a meditative exercise. And that's kind of why I love writing Sestinas because I pick these words. So like how I start is like, I'll have like a general idea of what I want to write about. And I'll just pick six words that feel like that you know? Mm -hmm. And then I won't plan anything in the poem. It'll just be like, all right, well, this is the order the words have to be in. How do I fit those? Okay, well, this is the order they have to be in now. How does that fit? Mm. And it's like this sort of, since it's like I pick a concept, then I pick the feelings and then the poem writes itself around them as opposed to a blank page and no rules and me. Ugh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like not having any rules because... Because even having rules doesn't mean you have to follow them. Shakespeare's iambic pentameter isn't always ten syllables, and when he breaks the rules, it matters. Mm. So, like, I like using structure so that even when I, I do something outside of structure, it is, a, it is an impactful choice. I think there's a way to make this work, even if you're not necessarily there for rhyming. It's like, okay, I noticed that my first two stanzas were, like, five lines each. It's like, all right, well, my last two stanzas have to be five lines, or... Right, yeah, structure does not mean rhyming. Yeah. Having those sort of games to play around with can help make it more fun and just more of an exploration rather than having to sit down and write a poem. Yeah. Also, remember who you're writing it for because we're fucking idiots. Yeah. So, Nico, you mentioned something to me actually earlier when it came to writing for the episodes themselves that um, since you find yourself kind of torn between two big concepts of poetry, sometimes it's hard to fill the uh, individual um, headers for each section of the podcast, Mm. you know, like angst and sex or man versus self. I guess I kind of wanted to talk about that in a reverse way. When your poetry ends up in the angst and sex section of the podcast, what are the markers for that as opposed to the man versus self? Well... I don't know. I I personally use man versus self a lot to kind of air my own like anxiety grievances. Uh, so I mm. note that most of the time when I have something that's about anxiety, um, it is kind of put into that section. Addie does organize and order the poems um, for every episode. So it's interesting sometimes to see like where she decides to throw it. Um, most of my angst and sex stuff tends to be about my feelings towards other people. Um, I mean... Yeah, like the whole sex thing usually involves another person. Most of my man versus self stuff, if like if I know I need to write, like um, you know, I want to write a man versus self poem. I usually go into like, what's going on in my brain today? What did I get anxious about last night? And I kind of jump off of those. Um, how about you, Addie? What are what are your like prompty things? Like, what do you usually think about? Um, well, one thing, I mean, the big pattern that I always see with myself is that. It's actually so hard for me to write a poem about a relationship that I'm in and have it end up in angst and sex because I can't write about relationships without seeing myself as a third person in the relationship. I don't know, like maybe that's maybe that's more evident to me than anyone else, but like I always <laughs> have poems about like it like the, the poems start out with like I'm talking about how someone makes someone affects me and someone affects me and then there's always like I introduce this concept of but there's crazy bitch me or like <laughs> like I don't know like there's, there's always this like third concept of like yeah but like there's this third part of me and I have to remember to keep myself happy so like for me all my relationship stuff actually usually ends up in man versus self unless I kind of work hard to get it out of there hmm. because um I, it's hard for me to look at my my relationships and not remember that I am in my relationships, which is just very meta. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just like I, I always like to pretend that I'm, I'm in a thruple and I am two of the people in the thruple. 
you know? I just have, so, to, remember my, I have to make sure so, that my girlfriend so, daddy is also happy. <laughs> okay, okay, so... Well, like, if you're in a throuple, you want to make sure that your partner is happy. But you have two partners, so you have to make sure that both your partners are happy. So I like to pretend that I'm in a throuple, so I'm taking care of my partner and also the partner that is myself. Right. You've talked about dating yourself. Okay, this this makes more sense yeah. now. <laughs> so there is one one of yourselves that is not active, then you have to take care of her. Yeah, or, or, or sometimes it's the other way around. You know, sometimes it's like feral bitch Addie's coming in from the woods to clear up some shit I should have said a month ago. You know, like, it's... Yeah, you know, my angry lumberjack wife has come in from the forest to tell me that I fucked up. And this and the angry lumberjack is you. Yes, yes. I am the angry lumberjack and the damsel in distress. And then my other partner is like, the housewife. <laughs> no, wait, that's terrible. Not the housewife. You put, you know, the, the homesteader. So it's like one of me is like building an herb garden and healing the village. And then one of me is like in the woods hunting. And then like the other partner that isn't me is like building us a log cabin. That's my perfect relationship. No, I like that. Yeah. And then for angst and sex. Yeah. What do um, you do for angst and sex? Like when you're thinking about writing, it's like, I want to use this prompt. If I'm going to be super honest... The angst usually ends up in there as, like, a directed rant to a person. And then mm. the sex is usually me thinking about jacking off. I'm not jacking off while I'm writing, but I'm thinking <laughs> about the possibility of it. And I'm like, gotcha. how could I turn myself on? Then I write that into a poem. Oh, okay. So you're writing a fantasy for yourself, and that's how it goes in there. Yeah, but just with, like, 30% information as opposed to like the 100% of my brain and like you don't have to write about angst and sex it's just like those are the two big umbrellas I'm always angsty about sex but that's because I was raised in Georgia Uh, okay and then last but certainly not least the the bookends of the podcast how do you go about those haikus I don't I don't ever think about them quite as structured, you know? Oftentimes, like, I'll just be sitting and I'll be, like, in the middle of one poem and then I'll think of five syllables and go, ah, shit. Um, I mean, like, sometimes I'll just, like, start off and be like, all right, three prompts. And it's, like, just whatever's on my mind, you know? Like, there's a fat bumblebee near me. Or I played The Sims for nine hours last night. Uh, For me, like, haiku are, are, like, writing stream of consciousness. It's just, like, I write the stream of consciousness for the first five syllables. Sometimes I'll just write, like, a bunch of starts to haikus and then go back and finish them later. Because fuck it. <laughs> There's only three lines. What am I going to do? Mess up a haiku? What are you going to do? Right. Come and tell me about it? You can't <laughs> leave your house. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, okay. But, yeah. <laughs> Bouncing off of that wild energy, I usually use my haikus as a uh, intro to write writing. Kind of nice to, again, have that little bit of structure to just kind of go about. It's like it's noticeably shorter than a, a Twitter joke. And everybody can make those. I'm on the Twitter. Yeah. And like sometimes I'll, sometimes I'll get like partway through a poem and then I'll decide that like, I don't like the direction I'm going in with that. I'll like, I'll write like six lines and then I'll throw away the first three lines. I'll keep the middle three lines to like refit into something better and then turn the first three lines into a haiku. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like playing with like Legos. It's, it's mine. I fucking made it. I wrote some shit down about somebody's balls on a piece of paper, and I get to do whatever I want with it, and nobody else can tell me what to do about it. That's the thing about uh, writing for this show, and hopefully 
everybody that, that is listening that maybe you're writing things down or writing like scraps of ideas that aren't haven't turned into anything is like you can really do a lot with all of this random energy and it can be really fulfilling sometimes to like bring that in like you can collect all that shit and give yourself a fun task to do um Maybe it's not fun. Maybe it's cathartic. Yeah. And and honestly, I would encourage us to maybe not think about the uh, the titles so much, like Angst and Sex and Man vs. Self. That's for me to sort, you know? I want people to be thinking about, like, their relationships with, with other people and themselves and their mentors and their friends and their enemies and, and like, people who have hurt them and people that they have hurt. And, like, I, I want us to be thinking about how we connect to other people and then, like, writing it down in a place no one else ever has to know. I'll sort that shit out later. You know, like, I got you. I'll just pick a topic. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah, so I think we've firmly established that there are no rules and there are no categories except for when we want them to exist when they're helpful. It's just like playing The Sims, you know? Like, there are rules, but the cheat codes are really <laughs> easily accessible. All right, so Nico, what's like, what's like the strangest thing you've written a poem about for the show? You don't have to tell me what poem it is, just like what you wrote it about. You know what the strangest thing I wrote a poem about? Mm. My feelings. <laughs> I'll talk about that shit. God, you are such a fucking Aquarius. In accordance with the general idea of a bonus episode, we have decided to lessen the load in your sexy little earlobes this week. With that in mind, of course, we couldn't end without giving you a dose of what you came here for. That sweet, sweet, smoking hot. Poetry. Hey, Nico, want to do poetry off the cuff with me? With an intro like that? Of course. <laughs> hey, Nico, off the cuff, could you write me a poem about your next vacation? Ooh. Escapism, baby. So, sea salt stings my eyes. As, as long as... The beach can be. The beach can be pretty wide. Stay six feet away. Nice. You got one for me? Yeah. Eddie, write a, a poem about a paradox. On sale, 30 bucks. On sale, 30 bucks. Bright, red, sexy, pleather shoes. <laughs> you weren't expecting. You weren't expecting. See, the joke is that it's a pair of Doc Martens and not a paradox. I, I, I see. I, I see now. Oh man, I was legitimately very confused. <laughs> oh my god, I really wondered if you got that. No, it's a pair of dogs. I'm... Like, ha, their shoes. Uh, Nico, I want to ask you one more. I, I just, I want to ask you something gooby, but also something positive. So I guess you can go gooby or positive. Can you just tell me about like one of your quarantine achievements? Hmm. <laughs> Danced like Powerline. <laughs> Who knew you could learn routines just on the YouTubes? 
from the king of dad energy. All right, guys and gals and friends, this is the end of this week's bonus episode. Our next bonus episode is actually coming out next Friday, so you won't have to wait two weeks as per usual. I'm trying to phrase this elegantly, but I can't, guys. Hang in there to the best of your abilities. If you've got the creative juice to write a poem, write a damn poem. Send it my way. I don't care if it's good or not. None of mine are. And no matter what else happens, the most important thing in the world is that you need to take your fanciest blanket and lay it down and then cover it in rose petals and then lay down my sweet, sweet girlfriend the void upon this rose petal blanket and give her a long, sensual massage. And then boink my sweet, hot girlfriend the void. Have a good week. Hey, fellas. Who do you think would win in a fight to the death? Harry Potter or Vegeta? Uh, that's definitely Vegeta. Harry Potter would be like, Expelliarmus, and Vegeta would just punch him in the solar plexus, and he'd fly into a mountain and disintegrate into a fine mist. Who do you think would be a worse landlord? Goddard from Jimmy Neutron or Billy from the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy? Oh, it would definitely be Goddard. He would just keep eating all of your household appliances every time you bought them, and eat all the nuts and bolts out of your carpenter box. So do you guys think that Bill Gates could make knitting as successful as the personal computer? What is this, baby hour? Of course he could. I'm Marcus Dreskel. I'm Tommy Calhoun. And I'm Tim. And together, we are the Versus Extreme Podcast. We take all your who would wins and what do you think would happen ifs and turn them into comedy. We upload every Tuesday and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at Versus Extreme, where you can also send us your own questions that we will answer on the show. Okay, okay. But if Wolverine, as portrayed by Hugh Jackman, were a woodchuck, how much wood could he chuck? Uh, Huh? Uh, Huh? Huh? I mean, come on.